All right, these are not my PJs. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're in, you know, I, I know one family that uh, gets up and dresses for church on Sunday morning to watch it. And I'm not saying that that's what you need to do or what you have to do, but it's a pretty cool idea because uh, they were sort of going, hey, we're, we're going to church. It's in our living room, but we're going to church today. So let's get ready for it. Uh, well, we're going to church today and, and we're here. And I, and I do understand that... Uh, uh, the governor released some new uh, guidelines this week. Uh, we're going to talk about that at staff tomorrow. Um, whenever we have any new information about what we're going to be doing, we'll give you information about that. Okay, we're going to talk today. You know, when I grew up in a culture, I, I grew up in a church culture where uh, oftentimes people didn't feel like they uh, had been to church and heard a good sermon unless they uh, left um, well, let's just say they didn't want to leave happy. Uh, you know, they would, they would say, oh, pastor, that was great today. You stomped all over my toes. And uh, I never really, well, I do, I do understand that, but that was not necessarily my style and isn't necessarily my style. And we've been doing a lot of sermons about, hey, you know, God's, God's there in the middle of things. Things are hard, but things, things are going to be good. Um, that's not exactly what today's sermon is. Uh, would you uh, stand with me? And let's read a passage of Scripture together. Well, I was going to read it, but it's gone. I, uh, what happened? Oh, there we go. Okay. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the power and the grace that are in your word. I thank you for the truth that is in your word, something that is... Uh, sort of being kicked to the curb these days, truth, but we can do nothing against the truth, only for the truth. And I thank you that your word is truth. Speak to us today. Conform us to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, back in 1989, uh, there was a young tennis player named Andre Agassi, and he, he did a commercial for Canon, uh, the uh, camera people. And in this commercial, he, he drove up in a big fancy car and he gets out of the car and he, uh, <clears throat> and he, and he brings his, his shades down a little bit. And he says, uh, this tagline, he says, image is everything. Uh, he ended up regretting <laughs> making that commercial in some ways, because those words came back to, to haunt him in a lot of ways uh, for several years. But the reason why they did, and that tagline was actually not so much about Agassi, and it wasn't really about Canon, it was about us. It was about, uh, it was about our culture. The worst job that I ever had um, after I got out of college, I didn't quite know what to do, and so I went to a, uh, an employment agency. I, I, they still have those? Uh, 
employment agencies. Anyway, I went to an employment agency, and what happens at an employment agency is, or at least what used to happen is, you gave them some money, and the employer gave them some money, and you got a job, and you spent a few months paying off the employment agency that got you the job. I think that happens online now. That's, yeah, that's kind of changed. Anyway, I got a job with Associates Capital Finance, and I don't think that uh, still exists anymore. If it does, it's continuing under an assumed name. And I was an outside debt collector. (sighs) Boy, talk about a square peg in a round hole. That was... That was me. But one of the things that I learned doing that job, during the six months that I did that job, which is how long it took me to pay off the, the employment agency before I, before I resigned. But uh, one of the things that I learned was I discovered that the appearance of great wealth was often just a mere cover-up for, the, for great debt. Uh, the, the, the people who lived in the and the poor neighborhoods were in debt, but the people who lived in the, in the big neighborhoods were in more debt than the people who lived in the, in, in the poor neighborhoods. We, we live in a culture where some are considered to be too big to fail, and that was also another thing I learned. If they had lent, they had lent this guy too much money, they couldn't, they couldn't uh, foreclose on him because they had too much money invested, so all, what do you do? You lend him more money uh, is what basically happened. However, when it comes to reality, there's no such thing as too big to fail. Rome, Roman Empire, British Empire, Soviet Union, Polaroid, Blockbuster, Lehman Brothers, (laughs) Woolworths. I mean, the world's list just goes on and on and on and will continue regardless of outward appearances. The visible lies of image and culture, however, uh, and business are, while they're bad enough, even worse are the visible lies of the inner world, the lies of what covers up what's inside of us. In Jeremiah's day, uh, he lived in a culture that had been on a, on a religious roller coaster, uh, for sure. Hezekiah had been a godly king, and the people had, uh, had worshipped the Lord, but he was followed up by Manasseh, who was the worst king in Israel's history, and Manasseh had, uh, had plunged the nation into all kinds of depredation and false worship and things of that nature. Uh, and then shortly after him came Josiah, and Josiah had led a, a religious revolution, a, a, a turning back, to the Lord, and then Josiah had died, and Josiah's sons had simply fallen into a simply agnostic belief. And you know, really, when you think about it, agnosticism uh, is probably worse than paganism, uh, probably worse than really any any kind of religion, because what it basically says is God doesn't matter enough to even seek Him. Uh, at, at least these others are trying to seek something, trying to seek. God somehow, but Gnosticism doesn't do that. And so Jeremiah lived in in this day, and during part of this day, uh, there was also a lot of political pressure, and there was a lot of military pressure that came against against them. Uh, But these, these outward things, these outward changes, 
had very little to do with the inward lives of the people. And when things got hard, the people turned to religious slogans and, 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 and outward visible signs to support their faith and to say, we're okay and, and we believe. And what they were saying was, we have the temple of the Lord. We're, we're not going to be conquered. Uh, uh, the Babylonians are not going to be able to take over us because we have the temple of the Lord. In fact, Jeremiah puts it this way, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. That's what people were saying. That's, that's, that's silly, right? Do we do anything like that? I mean, do we, do we have anything like that? Do we say anything like that? Well, maybe. Um, there are some who would say, I'm okay, and, I, and I'm fine, and I'm saved, and I'm whatever, however you want to phrase it, because of the church that I go to. I go to that church. And oftentimes that is a, um, that, that is a product sometimes of, of the church because there are churches who basically will tell you, if you go to us, you're fine. If you go anywhere else, you're not fine. And they do that for, for, for theological reasons. Um, and so people would go, hey, they might not be saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, but they're saying, I go to this church, I go to this church, because the church told me that I'm okay if I go there. Uh, and sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's, it, it's, it's individual things. Although when it, when it is organizational things, you know, there was a, um, I won't mention what denomination it is, but uh, I, I'm aware of a, of a national convention that a denomination had a number of years ago, and they had a speaker at it, uh, who the, the topic of his sermon was seven signs of a dying denomination. And, and I heard about it, and I thought, wow, that's, that would be a sermon to hear. I bet that went over. Apparently, it did go over. It, it caused a firestorm inside headquarters. And uh, one of the people who actually heard the sermon, I said, well, do you know what the seven signs were? He says, I only remember one. So which one was it? He said, well, it was this. One of the signs of a, dying, of a dying denomination is when outward symbols become more important than inward reality. And it happens in, it happens in us individually. It happens in people individually. Uh, it isn't just organizations themselves that say that. You know, I, I attend this particular church. I, I attend the very big what's happening now church. And so obviously I'm doing great because our church is doing great. And then I, I actually grew up in a culture where, you know, I, I attend the small, uh, impoverished, being persecuted church. And so that proves that we're godly because we're small and impoverished and being persecuted. Uh, and, and, and we were. I mean, if we had 120 people on a Sunday morning, we had a, it was a blockbuster Sunday. And uh, if, you, if you had a full-time job paying a living wage, you were, you were, up on the, you were way up on the economic scale of the people who, who attended our church. You know, I, I attend the, the, the church of the See How Big My Bank Account Is. And that, that proves how, how God has got his favor on me and, and, and moving in my life and that I'm okay. And, and I attend the church and we've been in business for over a thousand years. And so clearly we're, uh, we're, we're the right way. Or we're, we're the right people. None of these things prove God's favor. There, there are people in all of those churches who are going to heaven. And there are people in all of those churches who are going to hell. 
So it's not about, you know, the, the question is, which are you? Not which, which uh, of these is your church. It's, it's which of you? Are you one of the people who, who are right or one of the people who, who isn't right? I'm going to say something kind of radical here at this point. <laughs> Where you go to church isn't really all that important. No. Going is important. Worshiping is important. Uh, Eugene Peterson says in his book, Run With the Horses, a people's lives are only as good as their worship. Worship defines life. And I think those are a couple of statements that I agree with and very important statements. So, so going is important, but it's not the fact that, that you're there. It's, it's what's in here. And sometimes uh, instead of the temple of the Lord or this is the church that I go to, it's look what I did. You know, I was water baptized. Well, good, you should be. Uh, if Jesus is your Lord and he says be baptized and you're, and you're not, uh, then I, I seriously have to question if he's your Lord or not. So that's an important thing to do. But God isn't just looking for the completion of a ritual. He, he's not just looking for, for us to do something. In fact, Peter says over in, uh, uh, over in 1 Peter, he's talking about Noah and Noah going through the flood. And, and, and in 1 Peter 3.21, let's, let's look at that here. Uh, he says this. He says this water, the, the water that Noah went through, uh, symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. Yeah. So look what I did. I got baptized. Well, good. But what's on the inside? I've been, I've been born again. Well, that's, that's great. You have to be born again to enter the kingdom. You can't enter the kingdom without being born again. But how do you know you've been born again? Do you know it because of, a, uh, of something you did in a moment of passion? Do you know it because of a card you signed? Do you know it because of someone's hand you shook? Do you know it because of some kind of prayer that you prayed at some time? Or do you know it because your life is really changed? When I was growing up, there was a, a song that we would sing. Sometimes it's called, I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. Well, and they're, they're talking about the fact that, you know, I can point to the time that I got saved. Well, that's great. Are you still there? Or did you leave that behind? Is that just some historical relic in your background? Someone, well, wait a minute, Pastor, do you believe in eternal salvation? I don't know. Quite frankly, I've only been, I've only been chewing on that for 45 years, and I haven't come to a conclusion yet. I hope so, but uh, yeah. And, and some might say, well, I practice my religion. I put my religion into practice. I tithe, I take the sacraments, I, 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 I pray, and, and that's great. You should. You need to do those things. Those those, those things are discipline. They are, they are part of being a disciple. They're part of following the Lord. But if they're just, you know, we sang this song earlier. I'm sorry when I just went through the motions. I'm sorry 
when I just sang another song. And we have a tendency to do that sometimes. And strangely enough, some people, some people would boast in the fact, well, I don't, I, I don't practice religion. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond that. Uh, that's because the, you know, the church is phony or, or whatever, or I uh, got hurt in the church. And, you know, uh, the only thing I really can figure out to say to such is whatever. My, my dad was a mess. <laughs> and that's where I got it from. But my, my dad was a mess. And when he was in his late uh, 80s, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, our oldest daughter, Arwen, was having a birthday. And Grandpa wrote her a birthday card. And it said something to the effect of, may the Lord bless you and keep you whatever. And, uh, and, and I still remember the look on Arwen's face as she went, Grandpa, you just wrote whatever on my card. <laughs> and he said, oh, really? Oh, I, I meant to say whatever may come. He forgot to complete the sentence. There is a difference between whatever may come and whatever. You know, the Bible clearly states that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Jesus set the example by clearly going to synagogue. Uh, Jeremiah was greatly distressed when he was forbidden to, to come to the temple to worship. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Well, I don't do that sort of thing, but I really love Jesus. Well, whatever. What is the inner reality? That's what matters. When Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well in Samaria, uh, she wanted to talk religion. She said, well, now our fathers worship on this mountain, but you Jews say we've got to go over to, to Jerusalem to worship. And Jesus says, it's not about that. He said, believe me, woman, time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. My toes are hurting. I don't know about you. But that's what God's looking for. Looking for Honesty. In the heart. You know, I, was, I did a, a video this last week about what to look for in a leader, and I, I mentioned a couple of things. Uh, a leader, you need to look for a leader who cares more about the, per, the people that he or she is leading than they do about themselves. That's, that's one thing, and that's, that's, a, that's a biblical thing. Uh, and then the second thing I'm having a senior moment about right now. Did anybody watch that video this week? You were, <laughs> yes. You watched it. Are you having a senior moment too? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Second thing. Okay, we're just gonna. We're just gonna. And some of you are at home going, "Are you stupid or what?" Come on. Uh, <laughs> and I guess the answer is, "Or what?" Uh, oh. Huh? 
Right. They take responsibility. A leader takes responsibility. I take responsibility for the fact that I couldn't think of that just now. Uh, but a leader should be someone who takes responsibility. Anyway, I got an email from, from a fellow who went, you know, I liked your, liked your little blurb about leadership. I went, blurb? It was eight minutes. But uh, said, I liked your little blurb about leadership, but I got a third one. You should say, uh, someone who tells the truth, someone who's honest. And I went, you know, I, I, I kind of thought about that, but we, we sort of are in a, in a situation right now where uh, truth seems to be so flexible. If I agree with the person, they're telling the truth. And if I disagree with them, well, obviously they're not telling the truth. Uh, so I just, didn't, I just didn't put that in. But God is looking for truth. Truth in the inner heart. Those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, you know, it's not just all about us when it comes to this invisible thing. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, Unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He's, in, he's invisible. And so some good news here for a second. Enough about us. What, what about God? Uh, Eugene Peterson uh, said this in his book, The Pastor. He, he, he let it off with this quote. I am a pastor. My work has to do with God and souls emits mysteries that no one has ever seen at any time. Whew. Yeah. No one has ever seen it at any time, but it doesn't mean that they aren't real. It doesn't mean that they aren't immense mysteries. And he is. And because God is invisible, we sometimes, we sometimes wonder, is he there? Is he, is he here? What, what's going on? When, when business fails, is he, is he there? When disappointment falls, where, where is God? When when the unexpected tragedy strikes, where is God? When sickness sits in, where is God? When death comes to call, where is God in all of this? Well, death hasn't uh, come to call for me, but it did come to call for my wife last year. And when death comes to call, I can tell you where God is. He's right there. Because he was. And he, and he will be for anyone who can see him. We can only see through the eyes of faith, but God, God hasn't abandoned ship. He hasn't turned a cold shoulder on us, toward us. He, he hasn't stopped loving. He, he's still caring. He still has plans to prosper. We, we sing that song uh, with the line in it, uh, your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. And, and probably the first 50 times I sung that song, I could hardly get that line out without starting to, without tears rolling down because, uh, and it wasn't because of the situation that I was in. I mean, we were, this was last year when, when things were really hard with, with Margaret, but there are just so many people in the world, so many people desperate, so many people in, in difficult situations. And, and I'm not 
talking about, well, they lost their job. I'm talking about they lost their home, they lost their job, they've lost their family, they've lost their country. They, I, I'm saying desperate. And yet every single one of them, you have not forgotten us. There is no one on this planet that he has forgotten. He knows every name. He knows every situation. He is still keeping score. He will sort things out. The first will be last. The last will be first. Because that's what he said it will be. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when the outward appearances would lie to me, he's working. And I can see him through the, through the eyes of faith. He's, he's, still, he's still on the throne. And so Paul writes in Corinthians, he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, don't become weary in doing good. Let us, let us stand firm because let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because nothing that you do for the Lord is in vain. Kim was talking about Edison creating the light bulb. Wow, what a great thing. You know what? Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's a great thing. It has a big impact on our lives. But in eternity, I'm not sure that's such a big thing. But even a cup of cool water in Jesus' name, this big thing can never be done in vain. And no matter how important, how significant, how big your job that you currently do may seem to be, it's important if God is in it. It's, a, it's important, and he's in it if you're doing it because you're connected to him. And nothing you do for him can be in vain, regardless of what it is. It can only be seen through the eyes of faith. Habakkuk says, though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vine, though the, the, the olive crop fails and the, um, the fields produce no food, though the stalls are, are, are empty, there's no sheep in the fields, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord because God is my Savior and he's my strength and he makes, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and causes me to stand on high places. That's what the eyes of faith can see. And so therefore, let's read this one more time. We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, because what is seen will lie to you, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. Worship team can come back out. Not all lies are spoken. Some are, are seen.
<laughs> ah. And yet, the invisible is so real. God is so real. 